watching people's lives change. And even though I'm not a major part of it, any agent, especially if their life changes with senior life, is because they put in the work. Yes. We are the vessel. We have the tools. But it's always up to the agents. They have to go to work. But whenever you see somebody come on board and they were at a previous situation, they never were in final expense. They were just working dead-end jobs. They were in an area where they just were not able to prosper. And then they come on board with Senior Life and they work hard and you literally can watch their life change. And so much for the better. everyone, Aileen Griffin here, Manager of Events and Community Relations at the Senior Life Home Office. And today we have a very, very special guest, none other than our awesome Director of Marketing, Thomas Roach. <laughs> hey, Thomas, how are well, you? I'm good. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little different. You're in the hot seat today. Yeah, getting asked the questions. So this will be this will be fun. I'll see how uh, how everybody else feels That's right. <laughs> on That's the podcast. Right. Well, this is also different for me, too. So yeah. you're not the only one feeling a little out of place today. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so just want to kind of start and get a little background. Um, how did you get into the marketing field? Uh, just I have a degree in graphic design with a focus on uh, design for marketing. Uh, I just did design for for a few years and then uh, very early into my design career, I actually landed my job here. And uh, it was in 2008 when I started with the company and the marketing department was just me <laughs> for a little <laughs> while. And uh, over time now, I believe we have about 12 people in the department. So it's grown quite a bit. And uh, it's cool to watch the department grow as the company grows. That's awesome. So you mentioned you've been here since 08. Yes. So you're <laughs> in your 12th year now. Yes. Um, the marketing department has evolved a lot. Mm. Um, I came personally in 2010, and at yeah. the time you were the department of yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, very clearly, yeah. you know, um, your little area and you yeah. know working on the scoop in its early years. And your cubicle was right next to mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what would you say? Um, did you always have? this bigger vision for the marketing department? I mean, were you always kind of thinking in the future and like what you really envisioned for that department specifically and where the company would be going? I knew that I had, I had wants and I had mm -hmm. desires as far as that respect. I knew that there was things that I wanted to do personally and things I wanted to see for the company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the company was only uh, eight years old at that point as senior life insurance company. So there was still a lot of like groundwork that needed to be done in marketing. Uh, I'm very fortunate with uh, Ron being the president and being the boss, like, because he's a very progressive thinker. He mm -hmm. thinks very forward. And, uh, you know, I have a tendency to be a little different <laughs> and uh, he allows me to kind of flex that a little bit more. Uh, you know, it, it, from basic things to, you know, we didn't even really have like company colors at the time and we didn't have like a style guide. And there was a lot of basic things that, you know, nobody, unless you're in that field or that area would really think about. Right. Um, but once again, Ron being a forward thinker kind of allowed me to do, I don't want to say what I wanted to, but he just allowed me to really flex my creativity and my ideas. I had no idea that the department would get this big. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you, cause I don't really envision those things. I don't really think of those things. I just know what my wants and my desires are. And, uh, I just work hard every day and trying to execute these ideas. And once again, I'm just fortunate to be able to have that freedom to do those things. And, uh, I've been very blessed to see how those things have, have helped the, the company. Um, right. and I'm very proud of those. I'm very proud of my team. I have such an amazing team and, uh, you know, I'm not able to execute all these things on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're shooting the podcast. We have two of our videographers in the room right now. I'm not going to edit this. I'm not going to work on this. But it's really cool to have so many talented people around me and to be able to do these things. Right. Yeah. So um, with the growth that you've seen, um, we've seen our agent base. Mm-hmm. Um, just explode. You know, initially we were only licensed in so many states to sell our product and um, now we're over 40 and Mm. growing still. Um, So with our agents, when it comes to our agents, um, what advice would you give them in terms of, you know, coming, coming up with their own kind of marketing plan for their business and being able to grow their business and um, recruiting and and all those kinds of things? We have a lot of resources here already. Mm -hmm. I think any agent, it's a really good idea to contact us and see what we can do for you and kind of collaborate and work together. Excuse me. We can do anything from landing pages to helping you with your social media, to helping you with mail drops, to helping you with email campaigns. There's, there's a huge plethora all the way down to your company's identity that we can help you with. So I think it's a really good starting point when you're ready to grow and you've really feel like you've mastered the personal production side and you're ready to start recruiting. And some people are ready right out the gate. Some people already come with the team. You know, the the situation can vary, but I always recommend just go talk to your upline, let them know that you're ready and then, then contact us. You know, you have the marketing department, you have the leads department, you have the recruiting department, you have all these people that can really help expand and help your business. So go ahead and start with us. And then the other thing just on on their side, it's it's about being consistent. You know, uh, social media is a huge thing right now and it's a free platform. And there's so many different apps right now where you can really put out what you're doing and try to attract more recruits and more people and possibly more policyholders. Um, always put your stuff out there. You know, uh, back in the day, you know, Ron used to recruit with his pay stub. But that would be him in a meeting like this. He would meet somebody in person. He would pull out of his bag, his pay stub, and show you. Now, if, if you're willing to do that, you can post your pay stub on Facebook and show it to way more people at once. So just the audience and the reach on that is so big and so massive. I highly, highly encourage that people get started. A lot of people are, you know, well, I didn't grow up with social media, so I can't do that. But it's like you didn't grow up with an insurance license that's right and you've already got a level of success in the in this so why not learn something else we're not born knowing how to drive we're not born knowing how to walk can you imagine that you don't know how to walk and then you learn how to do that so there's a lot of things that aren't there from the very beginning but that shouldn't scare people from trying it you know a lot of people are afraid of like putting myself out there but the great the 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 coolest thing about social media is you're in complete control Mm -hmm. You're able to dictate your image. You're able to dictate what you put out there. And so you are you have total control over it. There's nothing to be scared about. The only thing you have to do is just continue to be consistent with it. And if anybody's watching this podcast and they still feel uncomfortable or confused or concerned, just talk to us. You know, I run the company's social media and then I run my personal social media. So I'm very comfortable in it and just willing to have that conversation. So highly encourage use social media and utilize the departments here at the home office. Very good. 
Well, and I'd have to say too, you're just an easy person to talk to. Well, <laughs> we're friends, so <laughs> that's why you say that. So kind of to to, ta- to piggyback off of what you were just talking about, how would you say marketing for a final expense company is different than other industries that are out there? For senior life, because that's my only experience in final expense, I have never worked with another company. Uh, the sky is the limit. You know, we have so much freedom and it's so fun what we get to do. You know, in marketing here, for anybody that's unfamiliar, you know, we focus on recruiting as well as the company branding and the company image. So we, we're able to do almost whatever we want. You know, we can have fun with it. We've dropped fun videos before and fun mailers and, and, and things like that. And then we can get very serious about it and get down to the nitty gritty. But we, we have so much control in our department and we have so much freedom that we can just, we can, whatever our, we can think of, whatever our minds go, we're able to execute that. And then once again, it comes down to the team. We have designers, videographers, copywriters, you know, a, a huge team of talented people that bring so much to the table. There's plenty of times when I'm talking to the team and one person may have an idea and it's not necessarily me or the manager, Kent, in the department. It could be somebody else. But we have these ideas and then we collaborate as a group and we watch, we plant a quick seed and then watch it blossom into something really quickly. And that's always just so gratifying and so fun, you know, um, but we, 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 there's no limits, you know, a lot of people would think final expense insurance, it's stuffy, it's this, it's that, but for senior life, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We're a company that's surrounded by a lot of young people. I mean, just put it in perspective, Ron was 30 when he started senior life insurance <laughs> yeah. company. Yeah. A lot of our department heads are, you know, well, you know, in their twenties and thirties, the ones in their 40s have been here for a decade plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a lot of young, vibrant people. And so uh, it allows us to really express that and show that. And it's just really awesome. It's just really gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people refer to Ron as being a visionary yes. for this company. Yes. Um, and that is something that for me personally, you know, I admire him for that. Absolutely. Um, because he's always able to come up with these new great ideas, you know, for where we can go next and mm-hmm. what we can do to be better than the last company. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, where do you see the marketing department going? You know, we've come up with all these new and different things. Um, this podcast, for example, mm-hmm. you know, where this is the 21st episode, yeah. um, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but this was a new and different idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with things like this, you know, where do you see, where do you see us going? Where do you see the marketing department at? As a department, uh, I see it continuing to grow. We grow as the company grows. So as the agents recruit and produce, it allows for the home office staff to grow. Uh, And that's in any department here at the company. Uh, More creative ideas, executing more. uh, A project that we assisted with that you were over, you know, we just had our biggest leadership conference. We had Eric Thomas in the building. You know, that was the biggest one we ever had with the most attendees from the company. Mm -hmm. So every time you do anything at Senior Life, whenever you turn around, it's gotten bigger. Right. It's gotten so much larger. So I see the the department growing. I see us executing even more fun, more creative ideas. And I just see the company growing. And, and, you know, I feel like our department, as well as yours and recruiting, I I feel like we're different from other companies. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody thinks that you have to fall in line and everything has to be a certain way and you can't deviate from this idea. 
But when you look at our home office staff and you look at our sales force, we have so many different kinds of people who like and enjoy and experience so many different things. And we're able to try to harness that as best we can and put it out there. Whereas everybody else, so many people just want to be old school and stuffy and regular and normal. We can really show how as a company we are exceptional. We are different. We have so many different kinds of people, so we really get to express that. So I just see us putting out more stuff that's just really awesome, and I just see us continuing to grow. Yeah. You know, one of the things that sticks out to me is um, through our growth, we've still maintained that level of keeping it personal with our agents um, and really forming those relationships. I, you know, people laugh at me because you know, they'll have a picture of a group of people and they'll say, you know, Hey, do you know who that is? And I could normally name them. Um, I'm just, I I have that ability to remember names, but a lot of it is because I've actually talked to those people on more than one occasion. And it's always a personal connection. Um, so what can you speak to that as far as senior life is concerned and especially how the marketing department plays a role in maintaining those personal relationships for me that's one of the biggest joys of having this job right working with this company you know we say senior life all your life we say the senior life family but those things really truly resonate with our company there are people that i'm genuinely friends with that i have close relationships with and it started with a phone call asking if we could help them or it started with, Hey, this person, let's do this video work with them. Mm-hmm. Or for me, because normally other than today, I host the podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm able to sit down and have conversations with people who I've had conversations with before, but it was so limited because there was always so much going on mm-hmm. and to sit down and have really that, that personal time with them really means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, I feel that senior life as a company cares about their home office and they, and the company cares about the agents. Yeah. Caring is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that comes through with everything that we do. Um, With my department, watching those bonds and those relationships form and build is always very, very, very awesome. It's it's just so great. And we just have such a great sales force. And there's just so many good people that work with us. Like, why wouldn't you want to build those bonds? Why wouldn't you want to do that with Mm -hmm. so many great people? And I'm just blessed that for me personally, Uh, As you know, I was probably uh, a lot of people don't know that I'm an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) People don't realize that because of the things that I do with this company. They don't realize I actually stay to myself an (laughs) awful lot. And it used to be way worse. Mm -hmm. And through the help of even my relationship with you, uh, definitely the mentorship I've received from Robert Shiver, I was able to get out of that shell And by doing that, I've been able to help the company a lot more, but I've been able to build a lot more relationships with people. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the most gratifying things about being here. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say has been your most memorable podcast aside? Okay. um, What has been your most memorable experience in the 12 years that you've been here? The most memorable? Uh, There's a lot. There's so many of them. There's so many just great things that I've seen. Um, but watching people's lives change Mm -hmm. and even though I'm not a major part of it, any agent, especially if their life changes with senior life is because they put in the work. Yes. We are the vessel. We have the tools, but it's always up to the agents. They have to go to work. But whenever you see somebody come on board and they were at a previous situation, Mm -hmm. they never were in final expense. They were just working dead end jobs. 
they were in an area where they just were not able to prosper. And then they come on board with senior life and they work hard and you literally can watch their life change Mm -hmm. and so much for the better. Um, There's a ton of examples within the company and I I don't want to call anybody out and (laughs) give anybody's history, but I've watched it this whole time I've been here. I've seen people who in their life were at rock bottom Mm -hmm. and then come on board with senior life and not saying senior life is the only reason why their lives have changed, but their mindset when they changed it Mm -hmm. and then we were right there and then they came on board and then to watch them do so well in life, that's the most memorable part. Mm -hmm. And there's, I, I, once again, not to call anybody out, but I've seen person after person after person and I've seen it on the home office staff. Mm -hmm. We're in Thomasville, Georgia. The job market in this area is not that good. Yeah, We go up the road to Tallahassee and it's a college town. Mm-hmm. We have two major colleges with FSU and FAMU and then a really large community college with uh, TCC, Tallahassee mm-hmm. Community College. College towns are not necessarily career towns. That's right. Unless you have a job with like the government mm-hmm. because it is, you know, the capital and everything. But at the end of the day, we watch people come in this building. We watch people come on our team. We watch people join Senior Life, and we watch their lives change time and time again. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing to watch. Out of all the podcasts that you've done so far, you've done 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Who has been your favorite? Um, who has been my favorite <laughs> podcast? Uh, Lewis. Our RVP, Lewis. Okay. Uh, he's out of Columbia, South Carolina. He's out of that area. And that was one of my favorites because he and I hadn't talked that much prior to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had quick conversations, you know, and he's always been cool with me and always been cordial and nice. Mm -hmm. But I never really had the opportunity to really sit down and get to know him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this at the uh, recent leadership conference when I was interviewing him, like what people think of him is not necessarily the case. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he is a tough person. He tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I respect the most about him. Yeah. Because what you see is what you get. But he's a lot different than people really know. And I think that that was brought out in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. We interviewed Dean from um, from South Florida. He's part of the Dream Team. And his was great because he was really nervous before we <laughs> went into it. And I don't mean to call him out, but that's my brother, so I can do that. <laughs> But he was really nervous going in and he wound up telling such an incredible story and he's super low key. Yeah. You know, he's so low key that uh, not a lot of people know his story unless you're close to him. And so to be able to get that out of him was really awesome. Yeah. Um, But every single podcast we've done, like I always get something out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, even like the first one we ever did, we had Wesley from HR because it was like our pilot episode and we were trying it Mm -hmm. and we shot it and Kent, edited that one and we put it out there and then like the next day just walking around the home office like people were coming up to me and like quoting the (laughs) podcast you know and you never really know the impact with marketing that's that's not something you can always figure out the impact right but to walk around and have people quote or in that episode I'm talking about like sneakers or whatever. And I pulled my, I take my sneaker off because it was a sneaker day that day. (laughs) And I was like, I'm wearing awesome sneakers today. And people were stopping me like, yo, those were cool sneakers. And you know, to have that, to know that it, that it resonates with people is really awesome. So yeah, it's one of the, one of my favorite projects that we've done is this podcast. 
who would be a dream guest for you to have on the podcast? And there's two categories here. I okay. want you. I want you to. I want you to choose okay. from. So you get choices. Um, so somebody within the company. Okay. Um, I guess agent or home office mm-hmm. or both. Um, and then just in general. So maybe like you know a famous person or uh, something like that. We need a Ron Powell episode. Yeah, definitely. That's the episode that I want. <laughs> That's the episode that people need. Yes. Uh, I'm going to uh, to Shannon and Dom are in the room right now, and sometimes we pull clips mm-hmm. from the podcast and put them on social media. Ron Powell, <laughs> <laughs> I really want him on the podcast. We are going to make that a clip, <laughs> and we are going to put that out separately to ensure that he sees that. Yeah. Um, as far as like non senior life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to have really, really cool guests at our events. And that's just to be able, you know, we interviewed Eric Thomas and uh, Katie Cook, who were at our last event. And that was just a lot of fun. So basically, whoever you book <laughs> like, <laughs> is who I want to interview. No pressure. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, we get to talk to them and it's relevant to our company. But then also it's um, a little bit more of a challenge for me because I don't really have the experience with them. Eric Thomas was easier for me because he's like the hip hop educator, the hip hop teacher or preacher. He's, he's changed that title, but he's used hip hop a lot. Yeah. So automatically, like I have a talking point, mm-hmm. but with Katie, it was a little more difficult. Right. I don't know um, a lot about the blue angels. I don't know a lot of military terminology, which upsets my father because he was a career army man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was a more of a challenge. So that part's fun to, ha- to be able to challenge myself mm-hmm. to try to do a good interview. Right. Um, but yeah, so anybody you book and then within the company, it's going to be the Ron episode. We still need that. Definitely. Yeah. So at our events that we have, um, you're usually our hype man, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah. you, you get the honor of doing introductions yes. and getting the crowd jacked up yeah. and just keeping the energy high. Um, there's been more than one occasion when we leave and you're just like, I can't talk. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like Nashville you was voice. a... Yeah, that was bad. That was horrible after that one. Like yeah. my voice was gone the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, how did, how did that come about? How did you end up being the person that kind of settled into that role? Um... By running my mouth. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, yeah, we had we we had opened this building and it was shortly after. I believe we opened this building in 2013. Our open house was actually September of 2013 when we brought people from the community and stuff to come check out the building. And it it was a, it was a huge deal because I mean this is an amazing building mm-hmm. and to see the building we were in prior to that right um, wasn't as amazing, but yeah. we still got the job done and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wound up uh, started bringing agents here because we had the space available to have leadership conferences where we could have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, by booking events, uh, Thomasville doesn't have as many spaces available right. to accommodate. <laughs> yes. Uh, but at the time, this this our space was was perfect, and we had um, a leadership conference, and the host of that leadership conference. Uh, would open up with really bad jokes. Mm. They were just really bad. <laughs> like not even like. Not even know, a good dad joke. No, nah, they were know? just bad. <laughs> and I was just watching it and I was looking at the agents and people were like looking at their phones <laughs> and like thumbing through their notebooks mm-hmm. and they just weren't engaged at all. Yeah. And I was in a, I was in Ron's office with him and, and Robert Shiver and they were like, well, what can we do? Like, we really need to, you know, get people excited, you know, cause we did that, that event, just like all our leadership conferences were filled with so much great content to help our, our agents. Cause that's the point of it mm-hmm. is to give them, you know, the things that they need to answer their questions, to do whatever we can do for them to help them grow their businesses. 
And they just weren't engaged from the very beginning. And I was just standing there. I was like, Psh, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, man, let me just go out there. Yeah. And I told Ron, I said, let me just go out there and let me just do something. And if you think it's stupid or bad or just whatever, I'll just never do it again. Mm-hmm. I said, but let me go out. Let me just try. Yeah. And I was, it was whenever we had a little bit different of a dress code. So I'm wearing like black slacks <laughs> and hard bottom shoes and a tie and um, I remember I picked, uh, there's a, a rap group from Harlem called the Diplomats that I'm a very big fan of. And uh, I picked one of their instrumentals and uh, we had never played an instrumental like that at a <laughs> conference before. <laughs> the music used to be way different. Right. Um, and I played it and I came out and Ron was uh, was right there in front of the stage because it was in the old auditorium here in the building. He was right there in front of the stage and he just loved it. Yeah. And his face lit up. Um, I don't even know if I did senior life all your life at that point. I don't even know if that had happened just yet. No, I think that came a little later. But it might have. Yeah. Um, but he was just floored with what he saw. And after the event, you know, we like to get together and, and meet and talk about, you know, where can we improve, you know, things like that. And he was like, nobody's going to intro ever again. Only Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just created more work for myself. Congratulations. <laughs> but I do enjoy it. And yes. Any time that you can connect with people and you have a room of five, six hundred people and you got them on their feet, you know, that's always a fun feeling. So I feel like I do a good enough job. You do do a great job. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, I know for me, you've been an inspiration where that's concerned because um, I took public speaking in college. Okay. And I hated that class. Yeah. I hated getting up in front of 20 people. Right. You know, Um, and now it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of me overcoming that fear um, is because of you. Because oh, wow. <laughs> I've watched you just hop on up on the stage right. and you just, you know, get them fired up and they're just ready to go. And I'm like, you know, I can do that. It might right. not be to the degree, but I can at least <laughs> right. get up there and speak into the microphone. Right. Like, it's not a big deal. You right. know, I'm not, I don't really like to be the center of attention. Um, I'm a lot like you. I'm kind of introverted. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it may seem... Um, the opposite sometimes, but you've been an inspiration. Well, I appreciate you saying that because you have for me as well. I just think that whenever you go out there, um, people, I I firmly believe that a lot of fear is just made up Mm -hmm. and people are afraid to be in front of everyone because they think that it kind of makes them vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I have those same thoughts, you know, I I do get nervous Mm -hmm. like when, because like, when I know I'm about to go on in like two minutes, like if you look in the back of the room, I start pacing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if I host like I did in 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 Orlando at our last conference, I pace a lot. Yeah, you do. Because that's it helps me think. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I do get nervous before I go on stage, but I just feel one thing I learned working here as long as I have that sometimes you just have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. to get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't talk in meetings for a long time. I didn't get out of my comfort zone at all. And then I was watching my ideas not be executed. I was watching things pass me by, uh, you know, becoming the director of marketing was a bit of a road for me, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that was because I wasn't putting myself out there. And so, you know, it's, Corny as it may sound, like being on stage and hyping the crowd up is a big metaphor that, you know, even if I get nervous, if I get afraid, if I don't know what to say, like, just run up there and do it. Mm -hmm. If I I don't know what to say, just scream, make some noise. (laughs) And everybody does. That's right. But, you know, you have to put yourself out there. Our agents, a lot of people are apprehensive Mm -hmm. 
but it's literally a, a, a thing where you just have to get to work. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to talk to policyholders. Right. You can't be afraid to talk to potential recruits. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to get up Monday morning and hit the first door at 9 a.m. You can't be afraid to invest in your own business. You can't be afraid to do these things mm-hmm. because everybody in our company that has a huge amount of success didn't operate with letting that fear hold them back right. and look at where they're at. Exactly. Anybody in this company with a huge amount of success, home office or agents, that is a blueprint that everybody can follow. Mm-hmm. But fear a lot of times stops that. Yeah. If I can get this crowd super hype before we start this show, mm-hmm. I feel personally that it adds to the show. Oh yeah. And it adds to people's excitement and it's and it's an addition. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm not feeling good like I was last time, <laughs> even if I'm nervous or afraid or whatever, I just make myself go out there and do it because it's going to add, it's going to help. Mm-hmm. And that's what people need to remember. Fear is a lot of times you just put it in your own head. And then you cause yourself to not advance. So I always highly encourage that. Always go out there and do it. Don't ever be afraid. Awesome. I know one of my favorite things at our events, big or small, is um, is when you're about to go up on stage. I love to kind of hang hang in the back of the room and just watch the crowd and watch their energy just elevate so high that sometimes it feels like we might blow the roof (laughs) off the building, you know? Um, But for me, you know, in, in the position that I play here, that's such a satisfying and rewarding thing mm. to see um, because, you know, is putting these things together um, and then me and you working hand in hand and you going up there and getting them all fired up. I mean, that's just an awesome thing to witness. I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot to yeah. me. So I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about personal life. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Which you are my friend, so <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'll, I'll keep it tame. <laughs> right. Um, so I know that you have a very, very great love for hip hop. Yes. Um, I know that it's been in your life for a very long time. Yes. So um, do you want to speak to that a little bit and just, um, you know, how that's evolved over the years and um, whatever else you might have to say about that? I would say in my personal life, uh, I am a father. I have a daughter um, who is the love of my life. Prior to her being born, she's uh, four so prior to that, uh, all of my personal time was consumed by the music and the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I discovered when I was four years old. And it's something now as I'm getting closer to 40, I still hold near and dear. Mm-hmm. I mean, like after work tonight, I'm going to a concert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, I, it's just it's a huge major part of my life. And I, you know, people always like say for things like that, like, who would you be without that? Like, I legit do not know yeah, because it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Being an army brat, uh, moving around a lot, uh, being introverted for a very long time. I didn't have uh, things that necessarily brought me comfort mm-hmm. and I didn't have a lot of consistencies. Yeah, But that was something that was always there. Mm-hmm. And it was always a great icebreaker for me. Um, just knowing as much as I did about it for having the music collection I did. Uh, I was able to make friends that way. I was able to have a lot of really great life experiences. Um, I don't know who I would be without it. Like there's like my daughter, my family, my friends, and then that. Yeah. And that hip hop still intermingles with all of that. It's all a part of everything. It's, it's a huge, I I can't even explain. It's so big and so great. Mm -hmm. I can't even really explain what it means to me because I don't know, I don't know life without it Mm -hmm. at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know that you, um, as a result, have been able to meet a lot of yeah. really cool artists <laughs> yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you have one event in particular every year that you never miss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, it's like a standing date you have every yes. year. Um, <laughs> I say it in all the meetings <laughs> around that time. <laughs> um, but, you know, all jokes aside, that, you know, that event in itself, but then, you know, other things like concert you have, you know, tonight, mm -hmm. um, you've been fortunate enough to get to meet some really cool people. Yes. So um, who has been, you know, one of your most favorite that you've been able to meet and shake hands oh, with? Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe hug or even get a kiss on the cheek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say for me. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this artist, but the experience was amazing. Um, I met E40, mm -hmm. who is a Bay Area absolute legend. Mm -hmm. And I met him whenever he had just signed to a label called TVT. And uh, his career, he, he was kind of in a little bit of a lull, and he was on his way back. He had like a bunch of records that came out that did very, very well. And I sat in a room with him at a radio station he was there because I was I was there because I was friends with the DJ and he was like, hey, you want to come meet you 40? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and I was sitting there and for whatever reason, the room had cleared out and it was just me and him sitting there. Mm -hmm. And we just had an absolutely amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was one that stuck with me for a very long time. And to think like this guy's a legend. This guy is so incredible. And he's taking time. At the time, I was probably like 22 or so. Right. He's taking this time to like really sit with me and have this heart to heart. Mm -hmm. Like, and he doesn't even know me. And so yeah. he was amazing. Uh, David Banner, who's a producer from Mississippi, who's done a lot of stuff with a lot of artists. Um, he was super nice when I met him. Like, I, I have a lot of great just, I could go on and on with the artists that I've met. Um, I just have a lot of great experiences. You know, they're a lot of those guys are rough around the edges mm -hmm. and people think that they would be rough or hard to talk to. Yeah. But I would say like 90% of my experiences with meeting artists and DJs and, and people involved in the, in the hip hop community and music uh, have just been amazing. I have, I just have tons of great stories. Yeah. You know, I, I can't even, ex I, I, I mean, this would be like a <laughs> 24 hour podcast right. if I try to go into that. Is there anybody that sticks out to you? Um, as being the greatest of all time in the hip hop industry. Yeah. Biggie. Like that's, yeah. if you know me, <laughs> if you know, if you've ever had a conversation with me for any length of time, like the notorious B I G is my all time favorite. Uh, I've only visited New York a few times, but my daughter's middle name is Brooklyn because that's where Biggie is from. Yep. So I'm glad he wasn't from like someplace crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> excuse me, but Biggie, uh, when I heard his first album, it was a cassette copy that somebody had, made for me they had dubbed wow their tape and made a copy for me and you know like this is a really weird example but you know like the wizard of oz where everything's black and white yeah. and then she opens the door and it's all in color mm -hmm. that's what happened when i was like 11 or 12 wow. when i heard that album i was already pretty well immersed mm -hmm. but i knew what i was listening to was the best of the best wow. and my entire world just completely changed mm -hmm. in that moment wow. and i've been just super blessed but that's that's not where the road started but that's where i definitely went from the scenic route to the highway with it yeah yeah that's awesome yeah how do you feel like your love for hip-hop has impacted you as a person how has it helped you grow um as an individual it's just always been there it's yeah. just there you know I, I i like how does breathing help you how does loving your mother help you you know what i mean how does yeah. those kinds of things help you it's like it's so 
interwoven in who I am that I can't even really explain what it's done for me because it's done almost everything. You know, it's always been there, always been a part of my life. So that's just, I, I really, I couldn't explain. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you really. It's yeah. just been such a major part. Awesome. Yeah. So one of the greatest loves of your life, your little boo, Amira, your daughter. Yes. No, that's, that's the greatest <laughs> the, love of my the life. Greatest Not one love. of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, does she have the same love of hip hop? Are you um, bringing her up around that? Um, a little bit, yeah. you know. If and you've seen pictures, like I put her, like Illmatic is an album by Nas. Like she mm -hmm. had an Illmatic onesie, <laughs> and when we brought her back from the hospital, I had a Biggie onesie <laughs> waiting for her. And her middle name is Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and you know, anytime she's with me, that's gonna be around. Mm -hmm. But I don't really force it on her in any kind of way. She likes. Um, she likes ballads a lot more. Really? She listens to a lot of Luther Vandross for a four-year-old, to be totally honest with you. Like, she listens to a lot of Luther. She likes, like, um, heavy singing, singing like mm -hmm. the Moana soundtrack. Yes. Um, she likes uh, the Trolls soundtrack. Mm -hmm. She knows that soundtrack front to back. Yeah. Um, she likes big records. I know mm -hmm. that. Um, I don't want to force hip-hop on her. Yeah. If If it's something I'm naturally around, if I'm playing it or talking about it, you know, because she knows who Biggie is, mm -hmm. you know, she'll point him out in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I don't want to force any of that on her. I want her to grow and follow what she loves mm -hmm. because she's four and she's at the age when I discovered hip hop. Mm -hmm. So she's playing T-ball right now. What if sports becomes the thing she right. loves? You know, um, she's not really into like gymnastics or like Barbies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to force anything on her. I want her to be her own person. I want her to have her own likes and dislikes. Yeah. And the reality is, as cool as I think I am, when she gets to be 12, 13, <laughs> uh, all the hip-hop in the world is not going to save me from being an uncool dad like most dads <laughs> are. So uh, I just want her to love what she loves. Yeah. And whatever she is attached or attracted to, I'm just going to nurture and just pour into it as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that she um, she recently had a victory on the soccer field. Yeah, man. <laughs> she had her last soccer game a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she scored a goal. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm watching her like it's crazy because like she's really not coordinated. <laughs> so, Where'd she get that from? Uh, everybody was looking at me and asking me the same question. <laughs> she the poor thing. She runs like she's about to fall over. Oh no! <laughs> so I don't know if she's running or just like keeping herself from hitting the ground. <laughs> but uh, she really likes organized sports right now. Mm -hmm. um, all of our time is spent playing soccer, or you know, she has a t-ball set. Yeah. Um, she really likes basketball. Like she's awesome. really into. You know, just the just running around and having a good time and trying to score and all that. Like she really enjoys that stuff. So that's what we do. Yeah, it's good for them. Yeah, you know, as a parent myself, one of the things that I've always kept in the back of my head is mine get older is just whatever they're into, just support them. Yeah, a thousand percent. You just got to be there. Yeah. So that's half of it. That's like for for my experience, and I'm not an expert parent by any means. And you know me, like uh, before having a kid, I didn't know anything about kids. <laughs> like I was completely brand new yeah but like 75 percent of it is just showing up and being there that's correct you know because yeah. watching a bunch of four-year-olds running to each other trying to kick a soccer ball is as exciting as it sounds <laughs> but it's so exciting when you know yeah. it's your kid and they're exactly. out there and they're waving at you and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so yeah that's awesome i know we've covered a lot today yeah um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to add that maybe i didn't ask i think that we have the best agents in the country mm -hmm. i think final expense we're above everybody else. And I think that even though we don't rank number one right now, because of our home office staff and our sales force, we're going to. Right. I think that that is 
inevitable. Uh, I'm blessed to have this career and this job. I'm blessed to have this freedom from Ron and Robert. Um, you know, I appreciate you doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, your friendship uh, and our relationship really means a lot to me. Uh, because you were there whenever I was quiet and not talking (laughs) and you've been there the entire time and have always supported me and have always encouraged me. And, uh, I know that anytime if I feel down, everybody has a bad day. I know I can call you or come by your desk and my day is going to become better. So I definitely appreciate you for that. Um, we have Dom and, and Tashana in the room, uh, and as well as everybody on the marketing team, uh, they're the ones that are getting it done every day. I, I, I went from, the star player to becoming the coach. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is when you're the coach, you still get a ring at the end of the season if you That's win right. the championship. Yeah. Uh, and then also Kent Mallett. Mm-hmm. Kent Mallett created this podcast. This was his idea. I said, let's try it out. And it's been one of our most successful projects. And uh, when he came on board, we were still as a department, not where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like in the last three years that he's been here, I've blossomed and grown even more. Yeah. And I think that's because of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could be the leader I am without him. Uh, I think every every dynamic duo can work with each other and play off each other and figure it out together. And uh, I just would not be where I'm at professionally now if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have the abilities to do what I can. And he's always been, always, always, always been a go-to that can help me get things done, especially if I'm not able to do it myself. Right. And then Robert Shiver. Robert Chiver was the first person in the company that believed in me. He was the first person to really push me and and say that Thomas, I believe in you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I always, I've said it in events before I've said it on his podcast. I'm forever in debt to him for that. And uh, once again, our, our agents are incredible. Mm -hmm. We have so many talented and incredible people and to be around them, to work with them, to talk with them. Mm-hmm. And because of them, I get to have my career. So I'm forever grateful for our sales force. That's right. So not to get too personal or mushy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were getting a little teary-eyed. I, know, I was like, I, hold on now. Don't make me cry. But everybody, every it's it's a group effort. And yeah. if, if anybody thinks that I am good, if anybody thinks I am talented, it's only a small portion because of me. Mm-hmm. And it's a large portion of because of the people that are around me. Yeah. Yep. We definitely have a unique, um, a unique working environment where, yes. you know, co- co-workers become family. Absolutely. Um, and that's something that I love very much about this place. I agree. Um, it's been awesome. I want to thank you for your yeah. time today. <laughs> I want to thank um, you for doing this. I appreciate this. <laughs> this has been fun. I've yeah. enjoyed it. It's a lot um, of fun. So anyway. Thank you for tuning in to our All Fired Up podcast. And remember, senior life, all your life.